Captain Schaff's log, stardate 76231.8. This week sure has flown by. The not-so-triumphant return of a season one character brought us a truly unexpected and atypical episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, and I can't wait to hear what my wingman, Captain Vactor, had to say about it. I'm so glad I'm not doing this podcast owl by myself. I know it's illegal to have too many bird puns in one captain's log, so I'll just tweet the rest later. <laughs> All these jokes, people will think I'm a legit comedian. <laughs> Welcome to Technological, a Star Trek Shakedown, a short form podcast hosted by two hardworking dads who love to talk Trek. I'm Captain Schaff, and with me each week, side by side on the bridge of the USS Technological, in our co captain's chairs, is Captain Vactor. How are you, Vactor? Oh, yeah, I'm doing very well, Schaff. It's my favorite time of the week. Time to talk Trek with yes. my boy, Schaff. I love it. I love it. Um, each week, we'll be traveling to a new planet to seek out new Trek news, as well as boldly going through our thoughts of each episode of the current season of Star Trek Lower Decks. Now, um, th this episode was so unique and so different, <laughs> so we're definitely going to have a lot to talk about, I think, when we get into it. But yeah. first and foremost... Um, I'm a little bit parched, and um, and I didn't have my coffee this morning. Did you have your coffee, Vector? Are you a coffee person? I am, yes. Okay, you are a coffee person. So mm -hmm. um, we have were made friends with, I guess you could say, uh, yeah. uh, a gentleman who uh, represents Magic Mind. And Magic Mind, um, and please... If I'm messing this up, Factor, you go ahead and, and take over for me. But okay. Magic Mind is basically something you take alongside your morning caffeine or instead of, and it yes. helps sort of boost your uh, productivity, your mental stamina. Your mm -hmm. It's sort of like five-hour energy, but it's yes. much cleaner ingredients, right. all natural. Mm -hmm. um, it's... Uh, it's got matcha in it. It's got nootropics, adaptogens, honey. It's it's basically like herbal supplements and such. Yes, it's it's pretty good. Have you had it? I have, and so far, I think anytime you have something that's all natural, that's something that I want to aim to put more into my body. And we talked about taking care of ourselves, Shaf, and putting our emergency uh, our oxygen mask first before our our children. So yes, I'm really trying to look at things like inflammation and stress levels and things like that. So I have been taking Magic Mind um, and I'm really so far, I'm liking that it's natural. I'm liking that I'm not putting in five hour energy and Red Bull and things like that where they, there's so many chemicals and things that aren't necessarily natural. So I have been taking Magic Mind. 
Nice, nice. Well, I actually happen to have Magic Mind right here uh, to go ahead and and try it out. Um, yeah. Now, I've had this a couple of times. I'm just early into the, there's like a 14-day challenge yes. to sort of see how it affects your life and for a better uh, for a better life. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm only a few days into it. I, full disclosure, I'm not in love with the taste, but I'm not really a matcha guy right. to begin with. Yeah. So I have to chase it. And yes. so I'm chasing it with, a really delicious organic uh, chocolate banana peanut butter uh, smoothie from Ooh, a local place. So, nice. uh, so yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and take a quick sip here. Very nice. Yeah, and and the whole thing, like I said, the 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 idea behind it is just that it's an all natural version of these boosters, these energy things, and to get your mind going, that productivity, and to like you said, alongside your morning coffee, not necessarily replace it, but alongside it. Yeah, exactly. And so for the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking about um, its effects on us in a positive sense. Because as we mentioned previously on Boldly Dadding, which is an awesome weekly uh, segment that we do, we're always looking at ways to become better fathers, better husbands, better people, better humans. And one of the ways we do that is to make sure that we're putting good in so we can put good out. So... Um, so that's kind of where this comes into play. So, uh, magic mind, we'll, we'll throw the, the, uh, YouTube video sort of introducing the product, uh, within our show notes, just in case you're curious and want to, uh, try it along with us. So, oh yeah. Uh, with that in mind, uh, Captain Vactor, let's, uh, set a course for the nearest planet, maximum warp. Aye, sir. Course laid in. Warp me Amadeus. <laughs> I love to pretend that our warp core is like so unstable that it's <laughs> causing me to shake in my seat <laughs> when we all know inertial dampeners prevent that. <sighs> Gosh. Yeah. Uh, all right. Captain Vector, please meet me in the transporter room where we'll beam down to the planet's surface and search for some Trek news. Aye, sir. On our way. Two to beam down. Captain Vactor, let's scan the planet's surface for any sign of Trek news. Ah, I found some, Captain Chaw. Oh, excellent. Well, thank you, Captain Vactor. Could you please transmit those news articles to our show notes for our listeners? They'll be available for you to go ahead and just click on and, and check out all the great stories. And there's a ton of stories. This oh, week. yeah. Well done, Chaw. All right. Now then, let's continue our weekly mission with our episode discussion. Yes. Now, uh, we're talking... Star Trek Lower Decks, and we're in season three. This is episode seven. It was called A Mathematically Perfect Redemption. Uh, It was first aired on Thursday, uh, October 6th, and directed by Jason Zurich, written by Ann Kim. Mm. And before I get any further into any synopsis or our thoughts, I want to throw up a quick red alert because we are going to be spoiling things about this episode, and we don't want you to miss uh, out on enjoying it for the first time, seeing it for the first time with fresh eyes. So here you go. That's your yeah. warning. Yeah. Now, the uh, synopsis of this episode is as follows. It's pretty vague, uh, and rightfully so, because this <laughs> episode is <laughs> super unique. Uh, it's ca- it says, a wayward Starfleet ensign struggles to find a path to redemption. Now, when you read that, it doesn't tell you that you're about to witness a story that is 95% about... A star, uh, season one character that was a, an exocomp, a robot meant to basically like fix things outside the ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, basically do the things that humans can't. But this yes. one was became sentient at the end of season one and decided didn't want to help out people and kind of did its own thing. Ended up getting lost and stranded in space. So uh, the, the, I'm talking about Peanut Hamper, <laughs> which is the <laughs> funniest name for a character. Um, uh, f- before we get into thoughts, I want to share that um, I was I was watching about five minutes of it. And then my wife came in my room and she was like, Hey, um, did you want to watch Chicago fire? And we love the show Chicago fire. Mm. And she was like, do you want to watch Chicago fire? And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm only like a few minutes in. We can go ahead and and switch and watch uh, this show together. And, um, so, uh, we watch Chicago fire and then I was like, okay, now I'm going to go ahead and go back to uh, my podcast prep and watch, uh, watch this. And I was like, you're welcome to stay if you want to, if you want to watch it. She was intrigued because the, after about five minutes, like what was on the screen was a bunch of bird people <laughs> and, and, an, and like a, a robot. And she was like, what is this show? I was like, this is lower decks. I was like, it honestly, it doesn't look like lower decks right now. It looks even pretty weird for lower decks. <laughs> uh, but this is, this is the show that we're talking about. I was like, you're welcome to sit and watch if you want to. And so she sat and she watched maybe about 10, 15 minutes of it. Oh, wow. Uh, it was getting late. So she didn't stay up for the rest of it, but she watched like maybe about half the episode and she was like, this show is so silly. And she was laughing a bunch of times. So I was like, oh man, look at this. We got a, nice. we got a closeted Trekkie over nice. here. So, and she doesn't usually watch Star Trek with me. So, uh, it was, it was fun to see her reaction to a really strange episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. With that out of the way, I want to ask uh, your thoughts. First of all, what did you think of this episode? We're coming off of two extremely strong episodes for Lower Decks. Yeah. The first half of the season, not so great, at least in my opinion, but the last two episodes were super strong, excellent, some of the best of the show, not just uh, uh, season. So where does this episode fall for you? I'm going to say this is right up there with the last two. This is keeping the momentum for the season going in an upward trajectory. This might be one of my favorites of all time, Shaw. I was really five minutes in, and I said, this might be a perfect episode. The structure of the episode... And the subject matter, the humor, the Star Trek lore, everything about it, I was all in on this episode. So I loved this uh, very strange. I would say this is the strangest episode of all time, but also I think this is one of my favorites of all time. It was so strange. The structure of it was so interesting (laughs) to not have the the crew on Mm -hmm. until like the last, I don't know, five, ten minutes, if that. Yeah. This was um, very and, Rick and Morty esque. This episode. Oh, okay. See, and that's a show that I really just haven't gotten into, and oh. I know I need to. Yes. But, yes. Well, if um, you liked this episode, you would like Rick and Morty. It's that's how <laughs> strange Rick and Morty is. That's how this okay. episode is. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it was super funny. I thought some of the lines were extremely funny quotes. Um, <laughs> some of the ones that stood out to me were. <laughs> Oh, yes. My fecal matter is back to being oily and white. <laughs> I, I could not stop laughing at that one. Yeah. Uh, oh, I long for the touch of your nozzle. <laughs> that was a good one. And Peanut Hamper leaving saying, smell you later. Oh, yeah. And I meant that literally because y'all shit everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> All of those were laugh out loud moments for me. I was the, the entire episode. I was laughing. So the comedy for this one, it was right up my alley. It, it hit me in my core, my comedy core for all of the jokes in this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, I got real big Kaylee uh, Kuoko 
vibes yes. mm-hmm. from Peanut Hamper. I know yes. that's not who voices her, but right. it was like if I could if I just closed my eyes, I was like, this sounds like Kaylee Cuoco, especially mm-hmm. her character Penny from Big Bang Theory. Right. It sounded a lot like her. A hundred percent. And you're not the only one, Shaw. My wife, she was in the background folding clothes and doing some stuff. And she said, Is that Harley Quinn? Who Kaylee Cuoco also voices. Right. And I said, No, but you're not like off. Like that is a very close sounding. I could tell it wasn't her, but it was very close. So I said, Yeah, that de- definitely sounds a lot like her. Uh, Kether Donahue is the actress, actress's name. Okay. Um, but yeah, 100%. I got the same vibes. Um, I, I recall. I was looking. Oh, you know what? So there's a um, Den of Geek put out a really good article about this episode. Hmm. Uh, they said, why uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, Peanut Hampers Return, why it matters. And then they mm. went into a bunch of like details on Easter eggs and stuff. And it was really cool mm. to to see. Plus, they had an interview with, with uh, Mike McMahon. Oh, nice. And uh, he was saying how this episode has a little bit of Avatar, The Last Samurai, <laughs> and Dances with Wolves in it. I was like, wow. Um, he says it's a super sincere feeling and I think it adds to Star Trek. Um, he says it's even got a Moana vibe in it, uh, because he's talking about the Mm. funny antics that peanut hamper gets up into gaining more awareness about organic life and its value, how Maui learns a little bit of humility in Moana. Yeah. Uh, hundred percent. Just really funny. Um, really, really funny. Mm -hmm. I, and the, the story structure of it, all those things you just mentioned, they definitely cribbed from those. They definitely took inspiration. And it's just one of those things that when something is good, people are going to take from it. They're going to be influenced by it. So all of those things definitely added up in this. And them being bird people is what really I think most of the humor comes from is just how ridiculous it is that, oh, this is a planet full of bird humanoid creatures. And I just was, that was just, it had me laughing the entire time, like I said. Um, and I actually had forgotten <laughs> Peanut Hamper existed. Season yeah, one right? aired two years ago. Now we just, you and I both recently caught up, but I had watched season one when it was airing and I had completely forgot, <laughs> forgot all about Peanut Hamper. So it was good that they had that little recap at the beginning. Oh yeah, very very helpful. Actually, actually I think I think it's the first episode that Lower Decks has ever done that. Uh, previously on Lower Decks, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so that right. was cool. Um, Mike right. McMahon said in the interview, he said, "I really love this episode. The ending really makes me laugh, and it sets up a very funny episode in season four. So, Ooh. if if it's what I think it's going to be, then I think it's going to be Peanut Hamper aligning with um, Aramis." the the AI, the evil AI, as well as mm. all the other AIs. Can you imagine a Lower Decks episode where all the AIs come like work together to take down the Federation <laughs> or whatever? Like I feel yeah. like that's what we're we're building up to because they just keep putting all the AIs together in the same room. <laughs> and there's just a bunch of desktop computer towers of uh of of AI that want to conquer and you can't put those people in the room together. Right, you can't put AI together. It'd be like, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, working together to figure out some solution on how to get out of there and and take over the world. So, 
uh, or take over the universe. So that's right. going to be an interesting episode. I just know it's going to happen. You just know they're building up to it. Uh, the planet that the birds live on is Areolus. <laughs> <laughs> Areolus. Which, all right. That is also very Rick and Morty esque. Like that that level of humor joke. That is very Rick and Morty. Love it. I love it. Um, there is a lot of cussing in this episode. Ah, yes. Peanut Hamper. She's got a real mm-hmm. potty mouth. Real yes. potty mouth. Um, some of the funny things that she said as well. Um, she was teaching the the older uh, uh, bird person, uh, basically <laughs> the uh, Ramda's dad. She was teaching him how to cuss. Like she was saying F this, F that. And he's like, oh, yes, F indeed. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny to me. Um, She says, grow an effing beak uh, at one point. Mm -hmm. uh, My (laughs) wife, Sarah, was really surprised at just how much uh, cussing was Mm. in this. So I was like, yeah, this is not your typical trek. This this ain't your daddy's trek right here. Um, Yeah. Which this actually is what I envisioned when they first announced Lower Dicks and they said from the from the creator of Rick and Morty or from the um, not creator, but one of the minds behind Rick and Morty, which end up being Mike McMahon and the animation style and the humor. I thought all of them were going to be like this episode. So that it's funny that this is season three and it's kind of this is what I had envisioned back in season one. And it's finally getting, um, yeah, finally coming to fruition. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I wanted to ask you about the peanut hamper arc. Um, did it throw you for a loop that it looked like she was going to have a genuine change and she was going to have this arc of, oh, redemption? And then right. they just, no, right back to she's just a terrible person, not person, but terrible being. And right back to where we were at the start, did yeah. that throw you for a loop? Um, I, I would want it to say yes, but I think that I've kind of grown accustomed to mm. Lower Decks subverting expectations. Mm. I've said this before in a previous episode of this season that I, I think I figured out like the formula uh, yeah, for these right. episodes mm-hmm. is that like everything is what you expect until the last like five minutes and then it's nothing what you expect yeah. <laughs> um, or whatever the expectation is, they do the opposite of it. So I think like giving her the opportunity for redemption, but then not seeing it through, I think that's just to their credit, uh, creating an, an interesting character with lots of layers. So uh, it's no wonder that peanut hamper is back because there was clearly more story to tell and probably more story to tell in season four. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what about you? How did you feel? I th- was c- thrown completely for a loop. I was all in on, oh, man, she's going to be good. Yeah, I'm liking <laughs> Peanut Hamper. I'm liking this change. Um, also, all those stories that Mike McMahon had mentioned that they kind of took from, that's the arc in those stories of, oh, yeah, True. maybe um, you want to be this person's... Um, friend or you want to be their companion it's like that kind of like with jake sully and avatar or tom cruise's character in last samurai you want to root for them by the end they are the hero they're the good person and so peanut hamper i thought oh yeah this is gonna be great and then when she went right back to being a jerk i was like oh that's funny that it threw me for a loop so i got i got it from a comedy standpoint (laughs) now that i think about it is are there any 
like non villainous AI on the show. Ooh, that's a good. <laughs> it seems like every time they introduce an AI character, they either break bad or they're just bad from the start. <laughs> yeah, badgy, Joff, badgy, badgy, man. <laughs> yeah, badgy. Can you imagine if they they get badgy back and Ooh. he aligns himself with the rest of those AI? bots that are like stuck behind locking key at starfleet academy like oh, that might shoot. be the finale now that i think about it that's Ooh. a very good uh possibility and especially since i think they have something on their hands with badgie they want to bring him back we saw him in the that mobile game that came out i can't remember the name of it but that's true badgie's in that so i think they definitely want to hold on to him and have him come back in in future episodes but this i think the the threat of AI, sentient AI, is always a good trope to have in science fiction, and this is just the lower decks version of it. So I'm yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> What's crazy to me is that like AI always revolts against us because we just kind of suck, you know? <laughs> like like we don't treat we don't treat machines or technology in a positive way. Like we're only like friends with it when it's working for us. Whenever right. it's not, we hate the technology. Like we mm-hmm. want to throw it across the room, you know. Like right. there's never an understanding. <laughs> it's no wonder that AI like revolts and wants to conquer us because we just suck <laughs> as people. We just suck. You're not wrong. <laughs> so, anyways, um, I don't have anything else really big to say about this episode other than I enjoyed it. Uh, it's not my favorite of the season because I think they're the Rutherford episode mm. uh, reflections as well as last week's episode uh, here. I'll trust nothing. Uh, the deep space nine episode also excellent. So I, I think that we do have a three now strong episodes for season three, which is oh, awesome. Yeah. Let's just see it through to conclusion. Let's have the rest of season three be just as strong. Yes. Uh, that would be what I want to see. So what about you? Any final thoughts on the episode? No, just that this was right up my alley. Like I said, comedy wise, it was the strange type of humor that I like in Rick and Morty and another great Lower Decks entry into this season. Like you said, season three started off a little bit rocky, a little shaky, but we have now hit our stride. And I'm pretty sure that the way that season four got greenlit so fast, I'm pretty yeah. sure we're we're in for a treat for the rest of this season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, do you know if the strange... Strange New Worlds crossover, is that going to be part of Strange New Worlds season two or mm. is that going to be part of Lower Decks season four? I think that it's going to be Strange New Worlds season two. Yeah, that is a good question. I, I'm not 100% on that, but that's e- either yeah. one could be viable. Okay. It would be kind of cool if they did like a crossover where like, I, I guess the seasons would have to be happening around the same time. They're probably not going to do it that way. But, um, but that would be cool if like one episode ended with them like entering a portal or something that got them to strange <laughs> new worlds. And then like the next episode, you'd have to like go to strange new worlds and watch them to see that. I think like, that's really cool. Um, oh, but yeah, I, anyway, so that's our thoughts. On, I just got uh, mathematically. Go I ahead, just got sorry. confirmation. Sorry. Uh, Jack Quaid actually at San Diego comic-con said that they are going to be going on to strange new worlds. Oh, okay. So they're well, coming aboard the enterprise. I said, nice. That's exciting. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that's our thoughts on the mathematically perfect redemption uh, of a not so redeemed character, Peanut Hamper. 
Um, I'm sure we'll see you again soon. Yeah. Uh, with that, <laughs> with that, that closes out our episode discussion. All right, now, so what we're going to go ahead and do is switch gears and boldly go into our favorite recurring segment that we do each week. Uh, and because we are hardworking dads, because we are attentive husbands and, and, uh, and, you know, just trying to do our best to, to be our best. Sometimes. Uh, we have brought a, a, a segment back called Boldly Dadding. And this is where we just share a story or a lesson that we've learned during the past week as dads to young kids. So I'm going to let Vactor go first. Yeah. So this week, I've been thinking a lot about the movie Monsters Incorporated. Shaf, are you a fan of Monsters Incorporated? Oh, yeah, absolutely. A classic Pixar movie that, if you haven't seen it, great film. But the idea in that film was that monsters are real, and the way that their city is powered, the electricity of Monstropolis, is childhood scream or child children screaming. So the the scaring part about monsters being under the bed or hiding in the closet, the impetus behind that is to get power for their city. So they collect right. screams, they collect scares. And at, by the end of the film, they end up finding out that children's laughter is more powerful than their screams. And I have witnessed this now firsthand, Shoff, and I know Ooh. that the writers and the creators of Monsters Incorporated are definitely dads because <laughs> I can't think of any other way you would think of this idea besides the fact that my son has very big emotions and he goes back and forth between crying and laughing at the drop of a hat. He will have tears oh. streaming down his face oh, and no. just be laughing because <laughs> he goes from one moment to the next. So it's a little bit hard to tell if he is actually hurt or sad yeah, because he will switch true. over to laughter so quickly. But I've, I've experienced him screaming in my ear as I'm comforting him. And then I'll make him laugh, and then he'll start laughing in my ear. And both have a very strong, visceral reaction out of me as an adult, where when he's crying, when, when he's sad or he's hurt, I want to comfort him. I want to help him. Oh, sure. When he's laughing, I just start laughing. His <laughs> joy is contagious. And so yeah. I've... I've noticed that these emotions come out of me or they're very strong of either I want to help him out. I want, I don't want him to be sad. Or I don't want him to be hurt, but when he's laughing, it's like the best feeling in the world. And I want to make <laughs> him laugh every time I see him. So that's just something that this week I kind of locked in on. And I said, man, Monsters Inc. was very accurate. These, the laughter does power me and, and his emotions, I'm connected to him. So it's just something <laughs> that it's it's funny. And I and I told the Rick and Morty story where he was pulling his shirt up on a previous episode. And when I started laughing, then he started laughing. And so the the laughter is just a cycle of us making each other laugh. And it's it's now I think my favorite thing in the world is to hear him laugh. Oh that's that's sweet. <laughs> That's super sweet. I was, at first, I was worried when you brought up the Monsters, Inc. thing <laughs> that you were going to say that you plugged your son in 
And now your son's laughs are powering your home. <laughs> and if he's not laughing, he's crying, but he's still powering your home. And I was like, okay, all right. So you're finding a, a life hack uh, to get around paying your power bills. Okay, you got it. Okay. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, laughter is the best medicine uh, for sure. Whenever uh, my daughter is is feeling down or upset or maybe she got a boo-boo or something like I'll always try to figure out something, some way to make her laugh because it'll take her mind off of what, what is bothering her. Um, especially if it's like a boo-boo or something that she could just focus on and just be upset about cause she can see it and just seeing it makes her upset. So like, you know, like distraction a little bit. Mm-hmm. Laughter is a good distraction. Comedy is a good uh, way to sort of re align and redirect so i think you got the right idea my 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 good man <laughs> my my fellow dad yeah how about you Shaw? <laughs> so um a couple of things real quick uh very proud dad moment um so i've been working with my five-month-old daughter sage on on talking so we want to get her first words we want to get um, we want to start hearing her speak. Her, her older sister, Emily, uh, first spoke at five months. So we're like, Hey, maybe it could happen this month. It could happen. So I've been working really hard. I've been, uh, every time I get time with her, I'm always like, dad, 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 Like I just, a million different ways. I try to say dad, um, to, to make it a comfortable word for her to say back to me. And wouldn't you know it yesterday? She said her first word. Oh, what yeah. was it? Mama. <laughs> it was mama. Not dad, <laughs> Mama. <laughs> and I came upstairs and she was, mama, mama, mama. It was so cute. I got it on video. Um, so nice. I, I got it on. Uh, I always keep my phone in my pocket which uh, is not ideal, but I do it because there's so many great moments that you can easily miss mm-hmm. as a dad if you don't like take, take it out to capture it. And so like I have so many pictures, so many videos on my phone, um, but I, I was able to get uh, a recording of her saying, mom, 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 mom. And then after the video, I was I leaned up to her. I'll go. I went, we had a deal. <laughs> like, Sage, we had an understanding. <laughs> you were going to say dad at first. Um, but no, I'm still happy. I'm still proud of her. Still excited because she got her first words out. Same uh, same time frame, five months, just wild. So, nice. So very very cool to hear her voice for the first time, um, and excited to see what uh, new words she says next. Yeah. So that's the a real quick uh, proud dad moment. But um, I wanted to slightly pivot away from boldly dadding this week for my segment and talk about boldly manning, if oh. you will. So. Um, the other day, uh, this past week we had pest control come out to the house and it was like a return visit. They were doing a checkup to see how things are. We've got like a mole problem in the front yard. Um, so after the visit, you could tell that he wanted to chat. Uh, he like, he wanted to kind of just like connect with me man to man. And mm. I, I, I could just sense it off of him cause he didn't want to leave. Like he wanted to continue to chat with me, which I thought was Kind of weird, but I was like, okay, whatever. Clearly this guy needs some friendships or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So he wanted to chat some more. But the first thing he leaned to was uh, sports. And he was like, how about the Mariners? So he's talking about a Seattle uh, Seattle team. And I was like, he doesn't know this about me, but 
I don't follow sports. Like <laughs> I, no offense to any of our listeners who like sports, but I don't care about sports. <laughs> like it could not be like lower on the totem pole for me. Um, that doesn't mean I don't know anything about it. I just choose not to like subject myself to sports. Like I love watching hockey and I'll go to hockey games. If somebody invites me, um, I'll even buy tickets occasionally, but like, I don't like most sports. I definitely don't like baseball too. It's too slow. You know, I, uh, yeah. basketball, too many stops and starts. I, I just, football is fun. Hockey is fun. Those are the two sports I enjoy watching. But anyways, that's besides the point. The, the point is that he felt the only thing he can connect with me on was sports. And so he's like talking about the Mariners. And I was like, I'm going to let this guy lead the conversation because I don't know anything about this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but I don't want to let him know that I don't know anything about it. And I don't know why I do that, but I, <laughs> I, I guess I guess it's partially me wanting him to not feel like the outcast of the conversation as mm. much as me not wanting to feel like the outcast of the conversation. So it's right. like I don't want him to be alone in his thoughts and I don't want him to know that I'm not up on this. So right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to let this guy just, you know, talk and then I'll find a moment to interject. So he's like, yeah, Mariners, man, oh, these past few years, just been really, really super duper rough. And so he says that. And I say to myself, okay, he's, he's building up to something as a storyteller, just looking at it. Like I'm trying to analyze it from a totally different perspective. I'm like, he's talking about the Mariners sucking for like three, four <laughs> years. That tells me that they no longer suck. That's my like deductive reasoning. I'm like, they're probably doing a lot better now. And that's what he's leading up to. And so I took a chance. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, you know, uh, thankfully, uh, thankfully uh, this season, it's a different story, right? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm so glad they're doing so much better. So I like, I guessed right. <laughs> <laughs> which was just so funny to oh, me um, because I had no idea and that I could have funny. been totally wrong. I could have just like buried myself in a much bigger hole if I, if I had said wrong or I was like, Oh, they're doing so great this year. He's like, what are you talking about? Are you even watching? <laughs> they suck still. No. Oh man, that's hilarious. Um, but <laughs> the, the point I was making is, you know, he, uh, he's talking about sports and he, he's leaning into that. And then the 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 conversation continues because now he knows that I'm like with it that I know what he's <laughs> he's talking about, and so he's like he goes on and on about it, and, and I say um, something to the effect of, "Gosh, I'm blanking now." Um, I was like, you know what? They're they're uh, they're not they're not just due. The Mariners are not just due. They're overdue, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's just eating up what I'm saying, oh, and. At the end of like the conversation, like I, uh, I was talking with my wife about it and, and she brought up a really good point. She's like, you know what? Guys do this. Guys want to connect with each other, but they just don't know how to open up without relying on something like external, like rather than like talking just from like their own like heart space or are just like what's on their mind, they feel the need to like connect through some means like sports or, um, uh, news or weather or something external from themselves. And that's a little, just a little view into the toxic masculinity, which oh, is yeah. that you can't just be open and right. honest and real right. with another man. 
in a totally like platonic, we're not talking about a relationship situation, just like two men talking to each other. Like you can't just be open with yourself. Right. And I was like, yeah, you know what? It's true. It's totally true. Like as, as men, not just as dads, but as men, Mm -hmm. we need to do a better job of just saying what's on our hearts and minds, not worrying about being judged by other men. Because I think, the more men that feel comfortable doing that, the more other men will feel comfortable doing that. Because for whatever reason, society has built this up as men are not allowed to dig deep. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? It's weakness. That's what it is, is men can't yeah. show any type of weakness at all, whether it's emotional. Yeah, cry. Right. Yeah. That's where it comes from. And 100%, it shouldn't be that way. Everyone, men and women, should be equal to have emotions. They shouldn't be, well, the men are tough, so rub some dirt on it and get back out there, versus, oh, the women, it's okay to be emotional because you're a woman. It should be right. equal. The Each gender should have their own um, willingness, and, and you should be able to express yourself and not feel like you're going to be judged for, oh, if... If I'm a, a man and I cry, I'm weak. That right. should not yeah. be the the sentiment. It should just be we're all human beings. We all have emotions. And if you show your ex- interior, it should not be, oh, you're a weak person because you're exposing yourself. It should be, oh, that's just a part of that person. They're showing it to me and they're vulnerable. You should not take advantage of someone being vulnerable and saying, oh, you're weak because you're vulnerable. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, I apologize. I was laughing during uh, your <laughs> explanation because my wife is is in the window right next to me <laughs> holding up my five-month-old and making funny faces at me at the same time. So My wife has done that uh, before. I, I've, <laughs> I've been there, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> so she's catching me live. Yeah. Live. We'll do it live. But yeah, the... <laughs> Um, I, I just think, you know, as Vactor has said, as, as we're talking, just if my, if I could give any advice to just men in general out there is just, just be honest with yourself and just, just be real and it'll encourage others to do the same. And hopefully we can put the, a kibosh and an end to this masculinity, uh, that's honestly a little bit toxic and doesn't deserve to, doesn't, should not continue. It's a generational problem that needs to go. Right. 100%. So anyways, that's our Boldly Dadding slash Manning this week. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to that as well as our episode discussion. Make sure to click on those uh, news article links that we have in our show notes. Uh, In addition to that, on our show notes at the way bottom, there is a link to Anchor where you can actually leave us a voice memo. And last week's episode, we actually had uh, an awesome listener, part of the Trek Talk community yes. uh, on TikTok. And uh, he reached out to us and told us that we need to be watching Prodigy. So that's what we're going to be doing uh, in the coming weeks is uh, watching Prodigy. Uh, I need to personally get caught up. I still have yet to watch an episode of season one. Ooh. I know Vactor has seen a couple episodes. Yes. Um, halfway and through so we'll the first season. we'll be getting caught up on that. Yeah. So we'll be getting caught up on that leading up to the finale of season three of Lower Decks, which is also serving as the season premiere, or I'm sorry, the mid-season premiere of Prodigy. So 
Uh, so we'll be talking about that. But please, 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 we love when you leave us voice memos. So we would love if you would do that. That would be fantastic. Um, also, on social media, on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, you can find us at Treknopod, T-R-E-K-N-O-P-O-D. Uh, we would love for you to subscribe to our things if you enjoyed what we uh, are sharing for you today, YouTube and TikTok. And um, honestly, we would really invite if you would let other people know as well about the podcast. So uh, we know that being a Trekkie is a thing that is shared, usually in a family or a friend situation. So um, let other people know about our podcast. We really want to continue to grow and be better and just be your source for, for uh, Trek conversations. And uh, the only way it's going to happen is if you help us. So thank you so much. Um, we just released this past week the co-captain's commentary, which is our uh, uh, quote-unquote live commentary of uh, a Star Trek film. And we started with Star Trek The Motion Picture. Mm. So that is available within our episode uh, feed. So check that out. What you'll do is you'll just play that right alongside watching Star Trek The Motion Picture. Now, where will you watch Star Trek The Motion Picture? Not on Paramount <laughs> Plus unless you're in Australia. Because uh, for whatever reason, Paramount was like, uh, no. Even though this is the home of Star Trek, <laughs> we're getting rid of half of our Star Trek content. So I don't know. I don't know why they do these things. I don't get it. But anyways, um, if you can find a place to watch, <laughs> to watch the movie, then please play our commentary track alongside it, and I think you'll have a good time. Uh, next week, we're going to continue our ongoing recap and review of Star Trek Lower Decks Season 3. All right, Vactor. Well, I believe our mission of the week is complete. Shoff and Vactor here, two to beam up. Live long and prosper! Prosper! <laughs>